Good evening, world. This is the podcast, Asset Press, and your hostess, Laura Cattell. And we are starting a brand new chapter today. Finished off with, you are an effortless creator, and we explored some really fantastically deep concepts. Hmm. Excuse me. Like, the nature of God, the nature of the universe, the nature of reality. I mean, hard-hitting stuff. That was just the first chapter. <clears throat> but the title of the book is Manifesting Change, and it couldn't be easier. So we're going to continue that today in the second actual chapter. And obviously, most of these have like these little sub-chapters and titles and whatnot to give you proper context and whatnot. We start the uh, second chapter today, The Miraculous Mechanics of Manifestation. Probably going to get into... At least one or two more notes from the universe, and we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have ourselves some fun today, going even deeper into the mysteries that we didn't even know we needed the answers to because we never even knew we needed to ask the question. And before we go any farther, I'm just gonna do my shout out to the restaurant industry, all guys and gals out there slinging food around for people on a daily basis. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being skilled. Thank you for caring. And to everybody out there in internet land, I hope your day has gone good. I hope you're excited and ready to learn some new things. So kick back, put your feet up, pour yourself a glass of wine or a cup of coffee, whichever you feel is the mood for today, and we're going to get started. The Miraculous Mechanics of Manifestation. Don't forget, don't quit. Don't quit. Just because the mechanics of manifestation are indeed of a miraculous nature doesn't mean they need to be mysterious, and they most certainly are not. In this chapter, we're going to move into the heart of the book by looking at an overview of what actually happens that brings about all change. This is where we will first peer behind the curtains of time and space to appreciate that virtually all of the invisible mechanics that bring about change are mechanics we program from our side of the curtains. In other words, we'll see that the universe, or life's magic, taking its cue from our conscious thoughts, words, and actions, literally grabs the baton and runs, performing innumerable, incalculable, and mind-numbing miracles, quote-unquote, that eventually turn our thoughts into things. The Greatest Secret When I was creating this material, I thought, what better place to begin to talk on the miraculous mechanics of manifestation than with the very first manifestation ever, the jungles of time and space. Don't you wonder how they all came about? Don't they boggle your mind? Don't you wonder at the intelligence and brilliance that had to have measured out all the details, the spectacular beauty, the impossible perfection, and the infinite vastness? Did you know that modern-day scientists estimate there are more than 100 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy alone? And further, they conservatively estimate that there are at least 100 billion more galaxies. 
That's ten sextrillion stars or more, not even counting planets. Excuse me. Yet on this floating space emerald that we call home, scientists also estimate that there are at least 100 million different species inhabiting air, land, and sea, of which humans are just one. And currently there's a billion of us. Every crack, crevice, nook, and cranny on this planet is teeming with life. Okay, so let's back that up. So, another fun fact, the Milky Way galaxy, Milky Way? I don't know if that's all. I think it is a Milky Way galaxy. Inhabits a space where a planet used to be. If you actually put a planet out where the Milky Way, uh, the, excuse me, the asteroid belt? Is it the asteroid belt? Goodness, it's been a while. Um, it follows where a planet would have been. So it's interesting to think about and ponder because we haven't been able to land on an asteroid yet. There was a one time, possibly, a planet there. What was it? What inhabited it? What caused it to blow up? Was it a star? Was it man-made? Were there people there? Did we come here from there? What? Lots of things to ponder. So, <clears throat> but... Now, just to give you an idea of the magnitude of that, which is why most people don't think that that could be done by an intelligence or um, by any one being or complex thing, because it is so fast and it is so complex to try and calculate. I mean, 100 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy alone, and then you have another 100 billion more galaxies. So you have 100 billion stars in a galaxy, and now you have 100 billion galaxies. And then even on this planet, you have 100 million different species. Can you imagine if there was 100 million different species for every star within every galaxy? Human beings have a hard time contemplating numbers that large, which is why we often dismiss that there could be a being and or intelligence or something else that could cover it all, because in order to cover all of that, it would have to be an insanely complex, massively large, and or everywhere, as it would be, <clears throat> organism. So it kind of doesn't lend itself much to the human imagination. But it's hard to ignore the evidence otherwise. So. Alright, sorry, back to the book. Did you know that there are microorganisms that thrive in hot lava pits? Did you know that there are whales off the eastern coast of Canada that communicate by song to whales 2,000 miles away in the Caribbean Sea? I did not know that. That's fascinating. <clears throat> that's a long distance. That means... I wonder if that's where they um, get the idea from the butterfly effect. Your human ears cannot hear a song from 2,000 miles away. But this is asserting that whales can communicate, basically verbally, to whales 2,000 miles away in the Caribbean Sea. And mind you, that's underwater. When was the last time you tried talking to anybody on the surface from underwater? You don't hear much, do you? Now imagine you're having to communicate that through the ocean 
2,000 miles. That's impressive. That makes you think. Did you know that there is a bird, the Arctic Tern, that takes off every year from Siberia at the onset of winter to fly 8,000 miles away to warmer weather in Australia, doing much of its flying while it sleeps? And in our own backyards, parks, and gardens, there are caterpillars that fall asleep only to wake up as butterflies. I did not know that about the Arctic Tern. How do they know that it does it while it sleeps? Do they measure you know, brain chemical? Hmm. That one's fascinating. I have to look at that. Okay. Have you considered? Excuse me. <clears throat> Isn't it amazing? Don't you wonder how it all came about? Have you considered what kind of mind could have fathomed the details? I used to ask myself these questions when I'd take a break from writing kicking pine cones around my backyard for my dogs while pondering, to the point that my brain would sometimes ache. And then one day, as if struck by lightning, I got the answer. It gave me total peace. I'll never have to ask those questions again. And in the days that followed, I excitedly wrote that inside down as a note. Said note from the universe. Ain't it grand? Doesn't it boggle your mind? The harmony, the splendor, the beauty, the intricacies, the synchronicities, and the staggering perfection. Do you ever wonder how it all came about? Do you think I studied quarks, atoms, and molecules? That I drew schematics for the sun, moon, and stars, the otter, gila monster, and penguin? Do you think I painted every zebra, flower, and butterfly? Or do you think I simply imagined the end result? And that's all you ever have to do. Yeehaw! Universe. P.S. I hated school. The line... Or do you think, I simply imagined the end result, holds the greatest secret of the miraculous mechanics of manifestation. The entire process happens in exactly the reverse order shown to us by our physical senses. That's what trips up most people. It also means, and I want to make sure this context is written there very well. <clears throat> That's the basics of brainwashing. When you're manifesting, you're convincing yourself of something that isn't true yet to bring that thing into existence through your thoughts. If you're not careful, other people can do the exact same process simply by the amount of information you're taking in without critically thinking. If someone is able to do that to you without you realizing, they can then program you to think or believe anything. Be very careful that you're watching and programming yourself. 
and not allowing anybody else to program you without you knowing it. This is one of the main reasons why you shouldn't take in too much negative information. Why you shouldn't, say, why you should um, take social media posts with a grain of salt and not dive fully in. Okay. Too much constant negative information can program you just as much as you trying to program yourself for positive information. I went over that uh, through the secret and then through um, the magic. I just want to make sure you're, you're aware. Be very careful. Because there are people out there that do that on purpose. Alright? When news producers simply put negative news on there, they're manipulating your emotional state on purpose. Be very careful. Okay. But the entire process happens in exactly reverse order shown to us by our physical senses. The universe didn't think small and then think bigger and bigger and bigger. The universe didn't sit down and say, Oh my gosh, science! I almost forgot science. We're going to need biology, chemistry, physics, quantum physics, oh and math. We're going to need a lot of math for reality. No, the universe wasn't assembled on a timeline. Though that's how we typically assess any creation, using our physical senses alone, thinking in terms of beginnings, middles, and ends, completely forgetting that time is an illusion. Instead, the universe simply began with the end result. Spectacular beauty, the impossible perfection, and the infinite vastness. And in that instant, all of the mathematics, all of the sciences, everything necessary to support life as we now know it in time and space fell into place in an instant. The greatest secret of the miraculous mechanics of manifestation is that the entire process happens in exactly the reverse order shown to us by our physical senses. No, he really did write that again in the book. In other words, an imagined ending point forces the means that will bring about the manifestation. Or more simply stated, thought forces the ensuing circumstance that will yield the brand new manifestation. And if you're having problems um, really thinking about that one, contemplate. It requires no effort of you to think. It requires no effort of you to think or imagine or visualize that beautiful beach in the Bahamas. Or Bali Bali. There's uh, Bora Bora, not Bali. Bali, Bora Bora, any of those places. It doesn't take you any effort to conjure the image of a forest. Or your favorite park your bed. Okay? Does not take any effort. It happens in an instant, right? There's no process to the thinking. There's no, you're going to conjure first the mechanics of something, and then you're going to conjure the chemistry that is required to make the something happen. Then you're going to conjure or imagine the, uh, the geology or the chemistry or any of the other things that make whatever it is you're thinking about happen. 
you just think about it happening and it happens that thought happens in an instant requires no time requires no planning requires no nothing so what he's stating I'm going to try and put this plainly since time and space are not bedrock they must have come from something in order to come from something something had to have been there for them to come from and if that thing that comes from created everything as a thought then in then that would follow logically that thought happened in an instant and all of the imagined things we are part of also happen in an instant. The starting point of all creation, and certainly with any change we wish to manifest, is with the desired end result in mind. So we're going to cover the next little um, tiny bit called the three steps for all manifestations and then we're going to do some discussion. You could say that there are three steps to all manifestations, whether we're talking about the universe's manifestations or yours and mine. The first two steps are our responsibility, while the universe takes care of step three. Our parts are the easy parts. Step one, define what you want in terms of the end result. Step two, it's incumbent upon us to physically move in the general direction of our dreams. By physically moving, you ramp up your belief in the inevitable manifestation of your dream. Moreover, you put yourself in a place of receivership. I.e., yes, you can visualize yourself winning the lottery all freaking day long, but the likelihood of the perfect lottery ticket, the winning lottery ticket just miraculously dropping itself on your doorstep right when you walk out the door is virtually an impossibility. You increase your chances if you get off your ass, go down to the store, and buy the lottery ticket. Yes? Okay. There cannot be happy accidents, lovely serendipities, or so-called coincidences if we're just sitting on our couches with a vision board waiting for Oprah to call. His words. Must is an ugly word, but if you want to see change in your life, you must move in the general direction of that change. That's easy. You don't have to figure, calculate, and carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. Just do your best to physically move in the general direction of your dreams, which I'll clarify in the pages ahead. Once you do steps one and two, the universe does step three. And step three is, the universe creates a brand new manifestation in the brand new now. This is a bit jarring because we don't expect the process to culminate in a brand new now. Usually we think the journey begins now and finishes later. However, there are two ways that now expresses itself or can be sensed. The ethereal now that contains the thoughts you think and the physical now that is made up of the world around you. The starting point of all physical change is in thought, 
which is the only quote-unquote place the power of now exists. Which then the next subsection is the power of now. So, he goes much more into depth here. And we're going to, we'll start off tomorrow's podcast with the power of now. That's a fantastic place to start. Alright. Not only do Buddhists and um, Tao and all of that like over there tells you that the, to be in the now, that if you're anxious, you are living in the, trying to live in the future, or expecting the past to come back to haunt you. The only thing you have is the now. The past is already gone. The future hasn't come yet. Second point I wanted to point out. As far as I'm aware, every single manifestation teacher out there tells you this point blank. To imagine the thing that you want in terms of how it ends, the end result you want to see. Which becomes a problem for most people if they're not really clear on things that they want. Alright, it's very difficult to imagine yourself in the career that makes you the happiest if you still don't know what career that is. Okay, so to put it this way, if you're trying to get to an end result and you're still not clear on that, I would advise you on this. First, manifest clarity on what it is you actually want. Imagine yourself sitting down and thinking and it comes to you like a flash of inspiration or a bolt of enlightenment, one of your aha moments. That's you instructing the universe like, hey, I need some clarity here. Okay? Then you can proceed from there once you are clear, oh, I want this career, or this really makes me happy, or oh, that's the house I really wanted. All right, a lot of times, excuse me. A lot of times, and um, we'll tell you this one from the restaurant industry, the old phrase that gets used is, the customer's always right, yes? No. The customer is not always right. The customer always believes they are right. But most of the time, most people don't even realize what it is they really want. They think they know what they want. But oftentimes, the thing we think we wanted ends up turning out to be either a mistake or it doesn't live up to the expectation of what it was we had painted in our head. To truly gain clarity on what it is you do truly want, you have to keep asking yourself, okay, why do I want this? What is the reason for my wanting this? Dean Graciosi does a, uh, shares a wonderful um, 
exercise, and it's called the Seven Layers Deep. And you take your whatever it is that you want, and then you ask yourself why. Why is it important to get this to you? And then you explain that one. Okay, why is it important for you to get that? And then you keep going, and by the time you reach five levels deep, you have stripped away all the superfluous excess of the things you thought you wanted, and you're really starting to get to the core of what you, the motivating factor behind why you want it. Okay? Maybe you want that big house because, in reality, when you were a child, everything was cramped, you never got your own thing, and you never got your own space. So the idea of having a big house with a lot of space satisfies that childhood need that you didn't have enough space for yourself. That can be achieved in many more ways than just getting a big house. Consequently, if you do get that big house, you don't know if you'll actually just feel too damn small in all of it. Okay? Or that shiny sports car, right? The the typical midlife crisis. Go get out the go outside and get the um, the little red sports car that screams midlife crisis whenever you see it rolling down the road. It's an impulse buy. It's I want to relive my youth again because I regret not doing whatever it was when I was youthful, and I want to feel youthful again because I regret not having my youth. You might not really want the little red sports car. What you want is recognition and fulfillment. What you want is to feel alive. What you want is to have the energy of a kid again. What you want is to be excited about life again. Not necessarily that little red sports car. So... So that's where we're sitting at today. Tomorrow we will start in with the power of now, which is a fantastic place to start back in. But just some things to ponder, right? And I would highly encourage you... Sorry, my finger slipped. I would highly encourage you to do that seven levels deep exercise when you're trying to manifest something because you might be sabotaging yourself. The thing you might think you want isn't the thing that actually would make you the happiest. And this is why sometimes it's okay for a general manifestation idea versus a clear and concise manifestation idea. It all depends on how much you can emphasize that when you're visualizing. I just want to be happy. I want my life to be harmonious. Not necessarily that you want big wads of cash, although you can probably certainly imagine yourself, you know, playing in a pool of nothing but money. But it is far more practical to visualize yourself happy, laughing, playful, free, because that's what you really want the money for, isn't it? You want the money so that you don't have to worry about 
losing your home. You want the money so that you don't have to worry about not being able to eat or go where you want or do the things you want. You want money so that you have the freedom to not have to be a slave to somebody else's job or employment or business. Yes? So instead of imagining that all the money that you want, try visualizing yourself happy, joyful, fulfilled, ecstatic, energy-filled. And again, make sure you're having fun. So that's where we're going to leave off for the day. And sorry if I jumped around a bit at the back end. My uh, my uh, two dogs, whom I love dearly, and don't exactly respect or care that I'm doing a podcast, and just had to run up and show me some love. So I'm sorry I jumped about just a tad. I hope I still made sense. And we're going to go ahead and do our two-minute brain break. So go ahead and give yourself a little stretch, do a little wiggle. Go ahead and close your eyes. And we'll take a nice, lovely, deep breath in. And let it back out. And we'll take another luxuriously beautiful deep breath in and let it back out and as you are enjoying this moment of pause as your awareness softly settles into the space. Conjure to your mind, if you will, a thing you have wanted most desperately. Go ahead and make it as detailed as you can. And when you have this exciting image in your head of the thing you most desperately want, I want you to ask yourself why. Why do you so desperately want this thing? Why do you so desperately want this person, this place, this job, this event? Why do you so desperately want whatever this is? When you have answered your why for why you desperately want whatever this is, Why is that important? 
And then when you have asked and answered, why is that important? Ask yourself again, why? Why is that important to you? Why is this new thing, why is that important to you? So let's take it around. Let's, let's take an example, this person. I want this person. Why do you want this person? Because this person has all the qualities that I'm looking for. Why are these qualities important to you? Well, because they make me feel this, this, and this, and I think they're important for a person to have. Why do you think they're important for a person to have? And why is it important for you to be, for a partner for you to make you feel this, this, and this? Well, because when I was growing up, that's what my parents taught me. Why was it important for you to do what your parents taught you? Because they sacrificed for me. Do you see how much farther this goes down when you start paring back your wives? Be gentle. Oftentimes, the real why of why we want something is usually connected to something very painful, very powerful, or very emotional. Just sit here with your wives and be brave enough to ask yourself again why? why is this important to me? and then when you have the answer to that ask yourself one more time why is that important? And then when you have done all that, ask yourself one final time. Why is that even important? And you may stay here with your why for as long as you would like. And when you are ready, open your eyes. It's a little better when you can have somebody else ask you those questions. Because then they'll repeat your thing back to you. So, I use the example of a relationship. So, a lot of times people focus on one person, right? Oh, I want that guy. Okay, why do you want that guy? Well, he's tall and he's handsome and he's funny and he's smart. Okay, why is it important that that guy be tall and funny and handsome and smart? Well, because I want to make sure that whoever I'm going out with can take care of me. Okay, why is it important for whoever it is that you're going out to take care of you? Well, because of... Okay, do you see how much farther you get down with that? And then you start getting into the emotional responses. Okay, why is it important for to have somebody to take care of you? Well, because... I've had a lot of... Uh, negative stuff happened in my life, and I uh, I want to make sure I can be myself and free to be myself. Okay, why is it important for you to be free to be yourself? Well, because when I was younger, I wasn't free to be myself. Then you start. That's only like four levels deep, and you still have three levels more to go. Mmm.
<laughs> it's a really awesome clarity tool. And we're going to stop off there because I'm getting much farther into the 40 minute range than I was trying to stay to the 30 minute range. So, again, we will come back tomorrow with the power of now. And I can't wait. I'll see you guys tomorrow. This is the podcast Ask for Us. Thank you guys for being here. Good night.